Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Hey, it is Angie Austin and friends with the good news. I've got an update on my son's bullying story, which is good news, actually. He was bullied at school by an older kid. I'll give you all the specifics in a minute. Also on my Facebook, when a lot of people were talking about that hashtag me too, I mentioned that I don't really do sleepovers with my kids. And a lot of people were kind of beating me up a little, even a childhood friend of mine saying like, what do you want to put your kids in a bubble? What do you want your kids to just like not see the world and not experience a true childhood? And I was like, well, and I tried to explain. And then I'll tell you what one of my friends said about sleepovers and what her experience was when she was a kid and reassured me that I'm making the right decision for myself. Producer Dave, you know, we've interviewed a lot of people who've had bad sleepover experiences. And we interview them 20 years later when they are overcoming the pain of their past. Right. I never gave it a second thought until you started talking about it. Now I don't I don't feel comfortable letting my kids go anywhere like that. There's no way. I They're mean, cousins. They can, is, that's about it. They're cousins. Yeah, and they can have fun until 10 o'clock at your house, but when your drunken cousin Eddie comes home, <laughs> exactly. and, you, my, and I want my kid down there by a bunch of beer cans sleeping in the basement or sleeping bag, when like some mystery relative, you know, arrives at your house that I'm not familiar with, you know? I don't know. So anyway, I feel someone was like, well, it's your responsibility to make sure your kid has a good childhood. It's also my responsibility to protect my kid, producer Dave, until my kid's 18, and then they can do all the sleepover as they want right <laughs> exactly exactly okay. uh, actually i had a weird experience where I, we had a birthday party for a th- three-year-old birthday party and parents came and just dropped their kids off and let them what? go into no i mean it was Are at, you kidding me it was no. at jump street so it's in a public place <laughs> no no but at the same time what? i'm like i want to go meet those parents before i go no, anyway i had a friend um on the show she's a therapist and her six-year-old they were brand new to town her six-year-old said i want to sleep over mom a sleepover jennifer and the mom said, well, sure, we can do that for your birthday, but no one's going to come because we're brand new. No one's going to let their kids come over to our house. They don't know us. She said she was stunned at how many people dropped their kids off at the front, didn't even come in and meet her, and let them spend the night. <laughs> yeah, spend the oh, night. That's weird. Gosh. Wacky. Wacky. Do all that. Okay, um, I've got the bullying update on my son, and then we want to talk about our big women's conference in a minute coming up this weekend if you want to come. All right, here's the bullying update on my son. Uh, here, I'm going to have someone from a distance uh, videotape me because I really don't want to be on live with that camera right in my face. <laughs> so flip it, Cindy. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go, Cindy. <laughs> I'm showing Cindy how to use high tech. <laughs> yeah, Cindy. You go, girl. Oh, you break it out. <laughs> All right, so my son at school, uh, he's in middle school now, sixth grade. They separate the kids. Uh, he's getting almost three days. I think he has one B right now, doing really well. He's doing extremely well in sports, and he's been separated from the older kids. They keep him separate. When In my day and age, back in the day, hmm. they let the kids be all together. Right. Well, my son um, was at a dance, which is an hour and a half after school, where they're bored and they stand in a corner and listen to music hmm. and stare at each other. Mm-hmm. And then after that hour and a half, they're outside waiting. Well, my f- husband was late to pick him up. So he called me and he said, Mom, there's an, he's crying. And he said, Mom, there's an eighth grader beating me up. And he's like a foot taller than my son. So he kicked him where the sun doesn't shine, which apparently for a man is very painful. 
and he still had a bruise. Like it's two or three weeks later, he still has a bruise uh, on his upper thigh. And um, we, I called the police because the kid took his phone and uh, my husband wasn't there yet. I said, is there security? Is there an adult? And then I couldn't reach him. So I called the cops. So the cops are coming and then my husband arrives, six foot six, confronts the boy. He said the boy's lip was quivering and he got kind of teary eyed. And my husband's like, did you touch my son? And the kid said that my son had touched him first. Yeah, right. My son's going <laughs> to hit him, you know. I mean, I don't think my son is even that stupid to go after someone that right. big as this kid because the yeah. kid was big. So long story short, the vice principal comes out, people come out, blah, blah, blah. Something happened to the kid. We don't know what because they can't tell us. The principal called me. I said, look, we're forgivers. So as long as this is a one-time deal and it never happens again, we forgive him, let him know we're moving on. But if he ever touches my kid again, there's going to be trouble. This is a one-time chance. So my son is at school yesterday, and he's come back from vacation. We've been gone for a week for fall break, and uh, he gets in the car, and he says, Mom, that boy came up to me again after school. I said, well, what do you mean he came up to you? What happened? He said, well, he had kind of tears in his eyes, and his eyes were really red, and he put his hand out, and he said, I want to apologize for what I did for you. And, he, and I said, what did you do? He said, I shook his hand. I said, I accept your apology. And I thought, you know, that's pretty big for a kid that age to that's come wonderful. up to my son and he, he humble himself and offer an apology. Now, I don't know if his parents who were aware of what happened got involved or what happened, but I respect this child, and I'm going to tell the principal that he came up to my son to apologize and, and shook his hand. Mm -hmm. I think it's a big deal. What do you guys Very think? Very nice. Yeah, Very I wish nice. more people's kids would do that. Absolutely. Uh, our son, one of his friends came over and got mud all over the floor and couldn't say sorry and the mom's like well what do you want him to do i'm like i want him to apologize do you know do you want it's, me to clean? it's a simple thing to do yes. accept responsibility and say i'm sorry not but in today's society no she acted isn't. like what do you want my little johnny to do uh, my pet peeve my pet peeve you want to hear my pet peeve yes i give you my pet peeve want to know my pet peeve That's my right. pet peeve no my, <laughs> my pet peeve is when people Say, my little Johnny would never do that. Ah. Come on. Get out of your mm -hmm. bubble and accept that little Johnny did it, okay? That's accept right. some responsibility. And my Absolutely. pet peeve is when people can't take responsibility yes. mm -hmm. and say, yes. you know what? I was wrong. And I do that so many times in my own business. It's like, you know, if I did something wrong, I am sorry. You know, yeah. let me make that right for you. But in today's day in society, yeah. we can't admit that they're wrong. Everybody's pointing fingers to somebody else. Well, if it wasn't this person's fault, you know, and it, that just drives me crazy. Stand up, be mature, respond like an adult and say, hey, I made a mistake. Could you forgive me? Finger pointers are really irritating. Yes. Can you just say, yeah. in fact, my, my daughter just got in trouble. She's eight and she uh, hasn't brushed her teeth twice in the last week and lied about it, and we go check the toothbrush. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> oh, Lord. What do you mean, oh, Lord, Beatrice? Oh, what come you, on. I check the toothbrush, and if it's bone dry, they are in trouble. Wait a minute. Wait. Wait. I got to share this. When I knew my kids were telling a lie, this is when they were much younger. And I say, come here. They say, what, Mom? I say, you know you're lying. Stick your tongue out. And they stick their tongue out. I say, see, right there is a big L. And they went, I'm sorry, Bobby. <laughs> but it worked because then they would stop lying. You know, but the toothbrush thing, Angie, come on, that baby, come on. <laughs> I'm like, your toothbrush is dry. And you know you're not in trouble for not brushing your teeth. All you have to say is, I was fibbing. I didn't brush my teeth and go brush them. Right. Now you're in trouble for lying. And her dad spanked her. 
And she said, I could barely sit in my chair. And then why'd you let dad spank me? And I said, well, I didn't spank you and you didn't learn your lesson. A few days later, you lied to your dad and he did spank you. We're trying to see what works. (laughs) You know how you had said when Mark. spanked a child? Yes. Yes. He spanked spanked her. A child oh my, oh, is in that gonna, 2017. That's biblical. Oh my, that's biblical. I know it's biblical, yeah, and you know it's I biblical. Know. <laughs> but the world has forgotten yes, that it's biblical. Oh, right. he done some spanking. Who? You. Have. <laughs> <laughs> have. You know, sometimes my hands will itch when I'm around children. My hands will start itching, For and I, I, I'll scratch my hand, and I'm like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, there's somebody that needs it right now." And the children <laughs> will look at me like. Is your hand itching because you need to spank somebody? I said, uh-huh, it sure is. Is your behind next? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. I promise it's not. So, yeah, I do spank. <laughs> your only child, you did you spanking? Absolutely. All right now. Absolutely. And funny story about the toothbrush thing. So we told Chris he needed to brush his teeth. Well, he did. And he put some water, but he wasn't using toothpaste. Oh, I hate oh, that. Oh, Lord, Hammer is another. Like, huh. That's another one of my pet uh-huh. peeves. The uh-huh. no toothpaste, uh-huh. toothbrushing. Right. So you oh, know. My goodness. After we spent all these money, this money on these beautiful teeth with braces for years, and we're like, Chris, really? You've got to use toothpaste. Yes. He said, I, Well, I brush my teeth. <laughs> Well, okay, so we I don't want to I don't want hope to be listening to this. Okay, so wait, so last but not least, we're going to do sleepovers, okay? So mm. I posted that uh, you know, on my Facebook page whenever he was talking about the whole me too, and I was surprised at how many people did uh, do the hashtag me too. Yes. And I said, "Well, I'm not a big fan of a sleepover." And then I had even a childhood friend act like I was, you know, in Never Never Land, and, you know, you need to give your kid a childhood. You can't keep them for, well, you going to wrap them in bubble wrap for the rest of their lives? You know, what, are you going to keep them in, like, a, a childhood cave for the rest of their lives? <laughs> I'm like, what? I, they have a great childhood. They travel. We go to see friends. We have family reunions. They have adventures all the time. Right. How am I somehow, is that, a, like, unfair to my children? They don't get sleepovers. There's always some random cousin in the family, some weirdo that, oh, didn't you know that Cousin Eddie came over or Weird Al or Uncle Frank comes on the weekends when he can't find a place to stay or when he has a few too many beers? Oh, he ended up in the basement where the kids were sleeping. You never know. It's not my house. I mean, and I feel it's my responsibility to protect him. So Mm -hmm. I don't care how nice you are. I don't care how many uh, times that my family's had dinner with you. I don't care if my kid in front of you says, well, Mrs. So-and-so is so nice. It's okay to stay at their house. She won't hurt us. And it's like, they've embarrassed me like that. Yeah. Asking in front of the parent. Sorry. And I'm like, well, we don't really do sleepovers. It's, not, it's nothing personal to anyone. Mm-mm. It's just it's the rule. easiest way to protect my kids. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Dave, you know how many people we've interviewed that have had, you know, situations at sleepovers. So then someone logs, one of my friends that's very, very well respected in the community, Facebook friend, I see her at a lot of charity events. She has a beautiful life and kids. And she said she had an incident at a sleepover. She said, I don't want to go into specifics, but she said, I agree with your decision because she was harmed as a child. Wow. Well, yeah, that one, uh, we did an interview, I can't remember her name, but she started a charity for women who had been through sex trafficking. Yes. And she said it all started... For her, with a sleepover. It all started for her with a sleepover. And she was so 
traumatic. She was abused for years, and then it all started with a sleepover, and now she's helping people, but she tells people to not go to sleepovers. And we're not saying that if we won't let a kid stay overnight at your house that we no. think you're a child molester, and I know one of my old neighbors. I'm pretty sure that she told our other neighbors that I didn't want my kids alone in the house because she had teenage boys. It wasn't because I didn't think her teenage boys were good kids. I think the kids were fine. But why would you want your, like, five-year-old inside with a bunch of teenage boys? I mean, just why? What's the purpose? What's yeah. the purpose of that? There's you know, no purpose. Why put them in that situation in yes. the first place? Right. Why put them in that situation in the purpose? There are children. Yes. And it's not only the, the relatives that could come over and molest a child. Uh, my youngest daughter spent the night over at a friend's house, and they were 13 or 14 years old. And during the night, as they were playing around, the neighbor girl started choking herself. That's called the choking game. I just the choking game. There was a mom on this show and her daughter at like yes. 11. She mm. played that game. She died. Well, this girl didn't die, but she got real purple in the face. And my daughter said, you know what? It's time for me to go home. And she yes. came home across the street. Because well, you don't know what's going on. They're doing these goofy challenges now. There's just something on uh, Facebook about uh, sipping boiling water through a straw or oh. tossing a little boiling water on, uh, you know, a friend at a, uh, at a sleepover. And they said, this kid woke up from a sleepover, and this is what he found on his neck, and it was a burn mark. Lord and Jesus. my son talked then about some of the challenges and how he's done that mm. stupid, uh, there's like a hot, a hot cinnamon, pepper challenge and a yes, cinnamon, cinnamon challenge, challenge. And there's like a water drinking challenge. Yes. Kid, remember the lady who died on the radio program from drinking yes. too much water? Yes. She died. It, well, and poor, our poor son, Chris, you know, the only child. Oh, thing. boy, Chris, only <laughs> child. He's a Marine now. Yes. But we were so crazy about stuff. And I remember the cinnamon challenge, and we would talk to him about these things. And he even hears it today. I'm like, Chris, frontal lobe not developed still yet. Not till you're 26. A mm. plus B equals C. You don't understand that. Mm. So we're going to keep protecting you. Even, oh gosh, his I think it was his junior year sophomore year of high school and one of his friends he was gonna go sleep over first time my husband goes up to the front door the kid was smoking marijuana Stephen, like a big puff and Stephen's like uh i don't think so wasn't a proper sleepover environment you for think? your son yeah. so we're, he's like you're out and chris is like thank god my thank girlfriend god told me that she her uh, kid went over for a sleepover and there was a, a a gun and i know donna you're a safe gun owner yes I, we I, are too i'm um, oftentimes uh, at the range mm -hmm. uh, they, they had but the, the kid came home and described the gun and it was oh. at a little get together they were in the basement unlocked wow 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 and i mean how can responsible gun owners leave their guns out while children are there oh. and have access to that that it but that again is it's not your home and just because we like someone doesn't right. mean it's a good environment for our child to be in overnight i think there are a lot of variables yeah. a lot of people think that i'm just you know a bubble wrap mom no i'm not my son is going to go out tonight mm -hmm. and do some um trick-or-treating and he's going to be with his friends and this is the first time he's going to go alone i'm okay with that but we know exactly which kids are included and which parents and they have their phones and you know I, that's different than sending someone to someone's house that for a sleepover when you don't know all the people that'll be in the home right we no, are their parents if we're not there to protect him, who else is going to protect oh, them? Oh, but I want to be his friend. Never. Never. I want to be Never his friend. Never in a million years. Nope. Yeah, I, could care on, less about, I could care less about being friends with my kids. I don't care. I can be 122, and they could be 75 and 85. I will never be their friends because I have been commissioned. I am to be their parent. I'm to be the, the person that says no. So...
Yes. Hallelujah. No. <laughs> no. Hallelujah. No. We're not doing that. I'm not parents of my grandchildren either. Hallelujah. No. See? All right. All right. Yeah, well, I love the way you parent. Oh, I really do. Oh, I love the you. way you parent. I love the yeah. way you you talk to your kids. Your your daughters will never wear hoochie mama clothes. Oh no. And, we, and I, we don't dress like no, that. No, they don't wear booty clothes because we don't dress like that. No, and that's exactly like that. how you talk to them. You know, Riley will never be a racist. No. In any way, shape, form, or fashion, That's because right. you, because of you, because of you and your husband, you're mm -hmm. not like that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I appreciate that. I pre especially in today's generation of children coming up. Yeah. Well, oh Lord. One of my girlfriends said we keep talking about how to protect our daughters from uh, men who might uh, say inappropriate or do inappropriate things towards them. And another friend said, I think we need to be make, making sure that we're raising boys that will never be the Harvey Weinstein's yes. of the world. That's right. Amen. Come on. Amen. That's that's the truth Amen. right there. Amen. Yes. So, yeah, y'all, you and Mark, y'all keep doing what y'all doing. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. And spank, oh, the, spank that behind. like, why did you let Daddy spank me? I said, first of all, I wasn't here, and I didn't spank you the first time you lied about brushing your teeth, and then Dad did. Again, what would work? We're trying to figure out what would keep what you from work? lying yeah. about brushing yes. your teeth. It's called R&D. Yes, what's that? R&D, Research and Development. Oh, Research and Development. <laughs> yeah, that. right. Like research okay. and Development. Um, Donna, you have a women's conference. I'm speaking yes. this weekend. I'm going to speak about hope, overwhelmed by hope. That's right. Tell everybody about gonna, the conference if they want to come. Absolutely. You're going to encourage those women. We have all sorts of women who are just overwhelmed beyond belief. And so we want you to join us at the Embassy Suites in the Denver Tech Center Saturday. And it's from 830 to 230 in the afternoon. We have Alan Arnold, Lisa, Edmonds, I'm going to wrap up the conference. We have some jewelry giveaways from local jewelers and Kendra Scott. We want to fill you up and just, I'm going to overwhelm you with truth. And so we want to equip you with who you are and overwhelm you with love and in a good way. So come join us. Uh, registration closes tomorrow morning, very oh, early. Oh, so wow. Yes, this is it. So oh, last my goodness. Call. We better post today. Yeah. I'm going to speak um, at the conference and I'm going to talk about being overwhelmed by hope. And uh, I was with some of my family, you know, over uh, the last week, which was really cool because. It was from my kids are 8, 10, and 12, and then my uncle's 81, and he's a senior Olympic tennis player, and he taught my kids tennis again, as he often does. And then uh, my, it's funny because my cousin uh, is just awesome. She's like a sister to me, but both of them are. But we had cousins there, so we had 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 80s, and we went like 15,000 steps a day. We walked, um, you know, hiked, and did all these things at the coast in Oregon. But I got to talk to one of my cousins that I don't think knew a lot about my childhood, and I let her know that the years we lived in Oregon, that um, those are the years my dad did not abuse my mom because her mother, uh, my dad really looked up to and thought very highly of, and my mom said those years we lived near them, that he, he were the best years of the marriage and of our upbringing. I didn't even know there was abuse in the marriage. I was pretty little. We left there before I started kindergarten. And so it wasn't until I was six, that's the first time I heard my dad when I moved into a home that had, uh, you know, my bedroom right next to theirs. That's the first time I heard my dad beating my mom. And so I was a little taken aback at six to make that revelation, you know. And my kids being, you know, the youngest one close to that age, I can't imagine her, like, hearing that at night, knowing there was that kind of, like, violence within the home because that kind of was the end it was like, of, like, my childhood as I knew it. But it was interesting to talk to. I don't think a lot of my cousins and relatives, like, knew the true story of kind of what went down and how young I was pretty much on my own. From, I'd say, about 12 is when 
when I was kind of on my own, whether it be staying at, you know, at a foster home or staying with friends or staying with relatives or briefly staying with my dad and stepmom or you know, here and there staying with my mom and living in low-income housing. And, you know, and again, just like finding, like staying at friends' houses as much as I could. So overwhelmed by hope has a lot to do with my faith and how it gave me the foundation to get through my childhood, but also to provide now a really wonderful life for my own kids where there are no drugs, there is no alcohol, there um, there isn't bad language. Every once in a while, my husband lets one slip. But my kid, my son really is. My son is the naughty word police, and he does catch my husband. Yeah. So things are good, and I want people to understand how being overwhelmed by hope and faith and the Lord can help you. It's going to be great. give me your website again? Absolutely. JerichoGirls.org or find us on Facebook, Overwhelmed Conference. We'll see you there. Awesome. Thank you. We'll be right back with the good news. Good news of Jesus for you in High Definition Radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hey, it's Angie. All right, a great, beautiful fall getaway. The elk, the colors, parties, kids' activities, and it's reasonably priced where... YMCA, the Rockies, uh, Snow Mountain Ranch, and also the Estes Park location. Uh, They've got some fall activities going on. There's going to be a Halloween party on October 28th if you want to plan ahead. It's reasonable. Some of my kids' favorites, there is the zip lining. There is the craft shop. They love the roller skating. There is rock climbing, uh, putt-putt, tennis. Uh, We spent our family reunion up there this summer, and it was mind-blowingly fun. And again, it's reasonable. That's why we go several times a year. YMCATheRockies.org. Sometimes my kids even cry when we leave because they're like, we're leaving our place. I'm like, it's our place still. We'll be back. We'll be back. YMCATheRockies.org. You won't regret it. It's great to see the elk this time of year. So cool. Denver Rescue Mission's annual turkey drive needs your help to reach their goal of 15,000 turkeys this year, and they've made it easier than ever to help your community members in need. Just pick one of two ways to donate. You can either drop off a frozen turkey at the main shelter downtown or simply go to denverrescuemission.org and buy a turkey online. Your donations will go directly to those in need at the annual Denver Rescue Mission Thanksgiving Feast. But the community turkey drive also helps other members of the community by assisting hundreds of community outreach agencies across the Denver metro area. To make your donations, please bring a frozen turkey weighing 12 pounds or more to our main shelter on the corner of Lawrence Street and Park Avenue. Or to make a contribution online, visit denverrescuemission.org. This is your opportunity to make this a happy holiday season for all. Donate a turkey to the Denver Rescue Mission today. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the good news. Still have my God squad here. Author and speaker Beatrice Bruno, the drill sergeant of life. Jennifer Bishop is here. Rachel Maines, my uh, uh, my colleague from Channel 2. We worked together. We were prayer partners, and now she has her own uh, show, Corner Cafe. She focused on artists. And Cindy Marsh, my, uh, my basically my sister in life. <laughs> Sometimes you don't get a sister or you don't get a good sibling, so then you pick one that's even better. Amen. Right? Amen. 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 Right? Oh, Angie. Love you, girl. (laughs) I love you guys, too. I'm so lucky to have you all. All right. So let's get back to the show. She is yours is the title of the book, Trusting God as You Raise the Girl He Gave You. Whether it's girl or girls, raising girls is certainly different than boys. Boy, my husband sure.
pressure is hard on my son, comparatively speaking to the girls. I'm like, what on earth? Why are you so hard on him? And the girls sometimes, they need it. They need the tough discipline as well. Jonathan and Winter Pitts are joining us uh, to talk to us about their book, She Is Yours, Trusting God as You Raise the Girl He Gave You. Welcome to Jonathan and Winter. Thank you, Angie. Thank you. All right, so uh, why don't you just give us a synopsis, your one-minute elevator speech, if someone says, what is She Is Yours about? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, uh, She Is Yours is really a mindset. Uh, I guess we have four daughters, age 13, all the way down to eight, twins at eight years old. And one of the things we've learned over the years in parenting our daughters is that um, there's a mindset that we've developed and that we have and that we are um, advocating that other parents have that your daughter is God's first, and that He's given to her, He's given her to you as a as a gift from Him to steward well, but ultimately knowing that she is His first um, is really the mindset you need to have in parenting girls. Changes okay. your perspective on every almost everything that they face. It just completely shifts how you think about it and and what you how you move forward. Winter, how did it change your perspective? Like up, knowing that your daughter or daughters that they are the Lord's first. How does that change your perspective? It really put me in a place of surrender um, where it's not, you know, whether it's their behavior or their grades or their attitudes, whatever it is that I'm dealing with um, with them, it's not necessarily what I want or what I think is, is best for them or what makes me feel most comfortable, but really just believing and trusting, like, okay, I have to put myself aside right now and really see what God is trying to do here and wants to teach them or grow in them in their lives. That's a lot of girls. So how do you spend time with them? And boy, I mean, I've got three kids, and I think about just the drama and the outside influence of the world. They're not homeschooled. Like, how do we how do we navigate the the, bat, the adverse influences that are coming at our girls lightning speed? Like, my daughter loves uh, Christian music, but then all of a sudden, a school for a, a song from school that she likes, she'll put on and. Um, she'll even say, like, oh, don't use that one. That's got the bad language. You know, oh, it's not the clean one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not the clean version. So how do we, it's like we can't wrap them in bubble, bubble wrap. How do we keep um, more good going into them than the bad that's really out there in the world that sometimes we can't control? Yeah, Angie, we like to say, um, as you know, a lot of times as parents, especially Christian parents, we play defense, trying to keep them from what the world has to offer. But right. ultimately, as parents and Christ followers, we want, to give them, we want them to play offense. Okay. So we really kind of cast a vision and paint a picture of what does it look like to play offense with our children and with our daughters specifically. And, you know, one of the things this phrase that Winter has is she, she, you know, she calls it yes girls, that we want, or God's girls that say yes. So ultimately our goal is to try to get our girls to say yes to the vision that God has for them, which ultimately means they're saying no to things, but it's more proactive in the nature and how they do that. And Ooh, yes um, for girls us, that really say yes to God. So yes, girls that say yes, yes to God. So you're really saying no to a lot of things in the world because you're saying yes to God, but it's a little more positive than go out in the world and say no to everything and be careful and watch out for bad people and say, no, you don't want to swear and no, you're not going to wear that. No, you're not going to drink that. No, you're not going to eat that. Exactly, exactly. And it also just just helps to shift the thought that, you know, it's not necessarily what the world's influence will be on them, but it puts them in a position to say, like, God actually has created me to have an influence on the world around me. Ooh, like um, and so then it's, it's them, you know, what can they bring and what can they offer and what, what, is the, their, what is it that their friends need to hear from them and not necessarily what their friends are saying. Well, how just, can they be a positive to, influence on others? Yeah, but because God has given them things to share. And, um, you know, we can spend a lot of time just kind of feeling hopeless and being worried that, 
that they're going to be impacted. But when we really just say, actually, you know what, I'm preparing you to have the impact, then it just mm-hmm. it just puts us in the most powerful position, and it just gets me excited to think, like, actually, I'm I'm raising girls that will make a difference because because we're saying that they're guys, and he's going to do something amazing with their lives, uh, and well, we just need them to to walk in that. I'm looking at the picture of Jonathan in winter, and you look super young, by the way, so I can't even imagine, Jonathan, like baby after baby <laughs> after baby, you go in for the ultrasound, like, a girl, great. Second one, a girl. Uh, another girl? Okay, great. Uh, third girl, uh, oh, great. Uh, fourth girl, oh, wow, this is a lot. That's great. But, I mean, what a responsibility. Exactly, Beatrice has uh, raised. exactly what it sounded like. Yes. <laughs> Beatrice has raised, raised, raised uh, four kids. Uh, Beatrice... Uh, I'm, I know you've got questions about this, um, and uh, these girls are so stinking cute. That's a responsibility, though, for Jonathan. I mean, that's a lot to take on. I mean, my husband is a dude. So, like, having four girls or even, you know, the two that we do have, Hope and Faith, along with my son, that that's foreign territory to him. And your your husband yeah. married into a couple of these kids, Beatrice. Do you have any questions for Jonathan and Winter? Well, my thing is I um, raised my oldest daughter by myself for a long time until she was about 16 years old. And then my husband and I got married and I got the two boys. And then we had our youngest daughter, EJ. And um, it's a big difference between raising boys and girls. I, I can guarantee you that. But now, with you, what is your perspective then on raising all these to be godlike young women from the beginning? Okay, because you know they don't see that in school. Right. You know, it's, interesting because um, I think what happens, and, and even the heart behind when I first started even writing in this ministry, I have a ministry called For Girls Like You, mm-hmm. and the heart of that was, there's, you know, all these things for mommy and me, these baby, mm-hmm. we, we get them yes, when they're babies. Yes, it's so true. These, it is, it's not daddy and me, it's mommy and me. You're right. That's what they have, those classes. And me, and yeah. Right, we have all these classes, and I remember having babies strapped to my back and mm-hmm. another one in the shoulder, and we're doing mommy and me gymnastics and all these things. And then they start school, and it just kind of gets quiet for a while. And then what I was seeing was a lot of my friends with older kids were then having to step in and try to try to reach them and save them. But they mm-hmm. we spent all these years in between where, you know, they just go to school and play sports and do whatever. And so my heart is just is that, to kind of stay and walk alongside them the entire journey from mm-hmm. the time that they're wrapped around my back and we're singing Mommy and Me songs to the time when they're six and I walk them into kindergarten, to the time when they're eight and, you know, I'm doing all these things. And then when they are 13 now, like my oldest, that we still just have this ongoing um, relationship and I have an an ongoing influence um, in her life. And I would say as a dad, from my perspective, you know, one of the things I say in the book and I say it all the time is to the degree that we show Jesus in our our nature and we Mm -hmm. show them what Christ-likeness looks like in in our example, will be to the degree that they actually see uh, Christ represented, and it's the only one we can control. We can only control us. So one of the things that um, we always uh, talk about is, like, our maximum influence is shown through our lives, and they're watching us. And I love that as a dad, mm-hmm. because I get to be the example of Christ-like yeah. fatherhood and Christ-like husbandry and, you know, just Christ-like, what does a man look like? I remember when my daughter, my oldest, was six years old, she saw a guy walking down the street, and uh, he just didn't look well kept, and she said, Daddy, I don't want to marry a guy like that. And it's not so much about what he looked like as much as it was about 
she saw the example in me that looked different, and they noticed the differences. And as a dad, I get to play that example every day. So, and I also just and it also gives us a chance to show them um, what grace looks like because mm-hmm. we don't mm-hmm. do it perfectly. None of us do. Yep. But so in that modeling, you know, the best that we know how Christ to them also brings us to our knees with them to say, "Hey, I'm not. You know, this is God needs to help me with this." Or, "I'm sorry, I didn't do that well." You know, it just it just humbles all of us and gives us um, a chance to really show them how much we really rely on Christ's grace in our lives. Amen. So uh, this is Jennifer. I um, I have a question for you. Thank you first for writing this book. And so I'm a mother of an only son who's 19, a Marine Reservist. Um, my background is I have four older brothers. They're all uh, biological. Who, by the way, adore her. So <laughs> they, they have the four boys. This is just, Jonathan and Winter, just an idea for you. They had the four boys. They adopted the fifth, the only girl, okay, who was the favorite, who was the favorite. Hey, now, hey, now, hey, now. No, no. So my question for you is, so I have this only son, and I, I so I have never really been around girls and women that much, except for it was me and my mom. And so how are you teaching your daughters, like, the interaction with, with young men? Because you said your oldest is 16, right? 13. 13. Our oldest is 13. Oh, gosh, um, I gave her three years. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't. I'm not taking those away. So, what, like, how are you integrating, you know, raising these young ladies with the world of boys and, you know, uh, with sure. that? Mm-hmm. Well, thankfully, we have, uh, they have a slew of boy cousins mm-hmm. that are all the exact same age as them and a little bit older and a little bit younger. So we've been able to do that. And a whole lot bigger. Yeah, a whole lot bigger. They have a ton of cousins. And what we've tried to do is just really expose our girls, not only, like, with boys, but just in life, like, to the reality of what life is like. So we try not to, like, you know, we talk a lot about helicopter parents in the book. We try not to be that. We try to really expose our daughters. So thankfully, though, their cousins are right there, and they're with them pretty much every week. So Yeah, and I think just, I mean, it's funny because now the 13-year-old, you know, like, I remember growing up and just feeling like boys, like was it was just a bad word in my house. Like I couldn't say it. And I just don't want my girls to feel that. So the more that I'm open with them and just if, if she's, you know, thinks somebody is cute or whatever, we talk about it. Mm-hmm. But then I'm also, that also allows me to be able to pour into her and say like, you know, oh, I can't wait to see, you know, what God has for you. God has an amazing husband on mm-hmm. for you. That's his plan for your life. So it just gives me a chance to, to dream with her and be excited about it. Um, and hopefully in that open and honest conversation, she just always knows that she can just come and talk to me and I'll, I'll listen and share. But then, you know, at that same time, just put God's perspective on it that, you know, boys are for marriage and for later and for, you know, yes. us to mature. And that's not our focus right now at 13, but, no, right. you know, that that is something that we will, you know, will be mature enough to handle when the time is right. And just you kind know, of walking alongside her and not trying to avoid it, but just being a part of that. I giggle because my pastor friend whose daughter is a teenager, they have this deal where if she's at a sleepover or something and she feels uncomfortable, that she can just call him or text him. Like, I have a code with my son that he can text me so the kids don't know what he's up to. Yeah. We have that. He'll even say when he's leaving, because remember our code, Mom, remember our code. Because then he never has to get out of anything. I can help him. But in the case of my pastor friend, uh, he just says to his daughter, um, you know, that no questions asked. I just come get you. And he said she went to a, um, a sleepover and uh, that she called and that he went to go get her and she was standing with her sleeping bag and all her stuff on the corner and she got in the car and that was that. 
hmm. that he didn't ask any questions. She didn't say anything. They, they didn't, they, they, she didn't want to discuss it then. She just wanted to leave and she wanted to be safe. And I love the idea that they don't have to be nervous about telling you about their friends or what happened. I mean, they might want to later, but that she just got in the car and they drove away. How yeah, I love that. No. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Some, I think that's where prayer comes in. Because we can't, we can't, and I, I love, you know, in the book that you're talking about, God's first, God, they're God's, and there's, there's times we want to be amazing parents and be there for everything, but we can't. There's no way we can be there for everything, and that's when we're ha- on our hands and knees and we're praying to God, protect our babies, protect our babies, protect our babies. Yeah, yeah. We, we actually break the book up into three sections, her relationship with God, her relationship with you as her parent, her relationship with the world around her. And we believe that we need to be praying, and all those three sections break Amen. down in different chapters, but the reality is those three different areas are ones that we have very little control over when it comes to ultimate. So we just that's where we're asking God just to join us. Her relationship with you, we need you to reveal yourself to her. Her relationship with me as her parent, we need you to be gracious and help us understand what we should be doing. And her relationship yeah. with the world around her, there's so much we can't protect them from and so much we won't, won't be there for. And we just have to trust them back to God. Otherwise, we live in constant anxiety as parents. Mm-hmm. And I see why a lot of parents are there without the Lord. Amen. I have yeah. a question. Um, it's Rachel here. <laughs> and I'm a single, and I don't have any Hi, kids Hi, here. Hello. Yeah, and <laughs> if you, you are guys. single and you're Christian, you're handsome, yeah. Rachel would like you to also oh. uh, check out her show, <laughs> Corner Cafe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's but my question for you guys is how would you prepare or what, what piece of advice, one advice, if you will, to a single person um, about kids or having a kid? What would you say? To prepare her. To prepare. You know, well, I don't Find a guy be, first know, would be my first advice. <laughs> <laughs> find a good Christian man. That's my well, first that's a good one. That's a good one. DM messages and see, you know, who replies. But then when it comes to just kids or life in general, I just think, and not to be super spiritual, but I think the only way that you can prepare is just to continue to grow spiritually yourself. Is just to continue to just mature and seek God and just uh, and just grow because then that's the only way. Because even now as parents, that's what we're still doing is mm-hmm. just growing. And so the more you can just you know start doing that, I think you're just in a better position to to handle. Um, the different things, because I don't know that you can be completely prepared because it, it's all different. Each kid is different. What they bring to the table, what they need from you is different. So the only thing you can do is just kind of grow and just be prepared to, to handle, yeah. to handle uh, whatever it is. And I would add to that, you know, one of the things that we, uh, I don't know if you guys know this or if it was in the material, but our oldest daughter, Alina, was in the movie War Room. She's 13 now, but she was 10 when she was in the movie. And we actually wrote the prayers for this book um, uh, a year prior to her getting cast in that role, and we had wow. no idea then what God had lined up. You know, we wow. just had no idea. So I would just say pray because you have no idea. Winter always says that, you know, you never know. Like the biggest thing that God might want to do in you is actually through your children. Uh-huh. Wow. So um, wow. we never would have imagined our daughter would be in this, I mean, this incredibly, I mean, number six Christian film of all yes. time. I mean, love, she's just wow. having a huge influence. Love, love, love. So yes. just, just be praying, because obviously every story is not that story, but ultimately God has big things planned for your children. And it's, it's and it may it's have nothing really to children. do with you, except, the, you know, we're raising them, you know. All right, yeah, Beatrice, right. Bit, we're almost out of time. It's a huge responsibility, you know, yeah. Amen. So, yeah. I've got one more question. This is Beatrice again. I was raised in the South, and I, I noticed that you didn't have a chapter or a section in there that says, her as your best friend. 
Okay. Yeah, no, we don't. Thank you so <laughs> yeah. much, and I really yes. appreciate that. Amen. Because I, I, I'm, I'm so yeah. sick of, of parents saying, oh, that's my best friend right no, there. My child's no. my best friend. No, because we are parents. We were um, commissioned by God to be stewards over these children, so there's no way we can be their best friends. Exactly. Yeah, we actually have a line in the prayer. There's a main prayer called She Is Yours. And in that prayer, there's one line that says, I surrender my desire to be her best friend. Thank you. There's nothing wrong with friendship, but no. it's got to no. be submitted to, you know, your That'll happen when they're adults. Yeah. I Could love be. that. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. All right. You have a question, yeah. Cindy? No, I'm good. And just want to thank you for your ministry, Amen. for your book, Amen. for putting all Excellent. this perspective out there for us. I, I don't have kids. But um, I you're really sure, can appreciate. You sure are good with kids, or you sure are good with minds. That's the thing I think people think when they're not um, a parent that they're not having an impact on children, oh. whether it be your stepkids or your grandkids, a niece, nephew. I mean, my kids love Cindy, and she's not a grandparent to them. She's not a mom to them. She's not officially an aunt to them. You know what I mean? It so you can so have an impact on kids. Beatrice mentors kids. Right now, Jen, you're tutoring a child through a ministry, through a yes. nonprofit. So love that. Again, the book is She Absolutely. Is Yours, Jonathan and Winter Pitts. Trusting God as you raise the girl he gave you. Your website? www.forgirlslikeyou.com. For girls like you, F-O-R, girls like you.com. Wonderful. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank, Thank you, you, Winter. Thank we'll be you. right back. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, would you like to donate items? You know, maybe some old sporting equipment, old furniture, old clothing. You'd like to tax write off. You'd like to help others, but it's kind of a hassle to gather it all up and drop it off, and you're just too busy. Well, guess what? Art Thrift Stores, they will come right to you, to your house, pick up your items, and leave you your tax write off donation form. How do you do that? Call 303 303- 238-JANE, 238-5263. And again, all of these items that you donate, they help people right in our own community. They help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And what better thing to do with your items that you no longer need than to help others? I shop at ARC all the time. I get my kids sporting equipment, gotten a rocking chair. I've gotten boots there. I have a purse that's amazing that still had the tags on it. It's a coach bag, and I got it at ARC. I shop there, and I help others, and I donate my items items about once every month or two and I call 303-238-JANE and they come right to my house with a truck and they pick everything up. Here, check it out. Again, 303-238-JANE. Denver Rescue Mission's annual turkey drive needs your help to reach their goal of 15,000 turkeys this year and they've made it easier than ever to help your community members in need. Just pick one of two ways to donate. You can either drop off a frozen turkey at the main shelter downtown or simply go to Denver Rescue Mission and buy a turkey online. Your donations will go directly to those in need at the annual Denver Rescue Mission Thanksgiving Feast. But the Community Turkey Drive also helps other members of the community by assisting hundreds of community outreach agencies across the Denver metro area. To make your donations, please bring a frozen turkey weighing 12 pounds or more to our main shelter on the corner of Lawrence Street and Park Avenue. Or to make a contribution online, visit DenverRescueMission.com. Hi, it's Angie, and Dr. Jillian is joining me. And, Doctor, I just love it when we team up with someone like you that I really believe that you have the best interests of your patients in mind. You're not out to make a quick dollar. And 
I just really like working with you. And people can, you know, come in if they're having, you know, issues with hair loss, if you want to look younger, if you have acne, if you want a really nice facial, if you want to lose weight. There's so many things that you help with in terms of self-care. But I want to focus today on hair loss because this is a big thing for not just men, but women as well. It can be thinning uh, or just, you know, plain you're losing it on top. And you've got a, a new system. It's called Bloom that you that you're seeing some really good results with. Explain this to us. I am. Yeah, thank you. Um, I have found that this area is um, a very hard area for patients, both men, but especially women, because the social stigma around thinning and hair loss for women is um, so much harder. Um, our program is basically has taken the most advanced medical literature. In other words, what actually works when you look at the data and the science behind it. And we've combined three or four different techniques to come up with our own procedure, which is called the Bloom Procedure. It involves microneedling. It involves PRP or platelet-rich plasma. It involves amniotic growth factors and dietary supplements. So we combine all of these things together. It's about a two-hour appointment when you come, um, and we are getting fantastic results. Our first set of pilot patients are right out about three months. And I'm very happy with the results we're getting. You know, I saw some of the pictures and I was with another doctor when we were looking at your photos uh, with you. And uh, she right away said, wow, you really are getting results. It was pretty obvious uh, because the man that you showed us had uh, real thinning and like his widow's peaks. Is that what they're called? Like they went really far back. His Mm -hmm. hairline on the sides went really far back. And so I, I, it was pretty obvious to me and it hadn't been that long that he'd started the treatments. Yeah, I, you know, I had, this is um, kind of a new procedure for me as well. And I hadn't really expected to get results this early from patients. I was expecting more of a three or six month time period, but those pictures were right at eight weeks. And that patient is super happy with his results and he continues to get more and more results every week. Oh, that's wonderful. All right. If people want to come in, loveyourskindenver.com. You can make an appointment there, but Dr. Jillian, if they have questions and they want to talk to you about it, where can they call you? They can call us at 303-457-6710. That's 303-457-6710. Love it. All right. So in addition, doctor, to, uh, you know, hair loss, you deal with that adult acne, something you helped yourself with, and that's how you kind of got interested in this area. And again, Dr. Jillian is a doctor. She's a physician. She's trained as a surgeon. And then this is another area of interest. And I just love it that when we come in, it's it's reassuring to me when a doctor is working with lasers and other things that, you know, uh, I just would, I, I appreciate your training in this area. So in addition to the um, hair loss and weight loss, Uh, You also do these laser treatments, but you've got a special for us right now as well. And then I want to talk about Black Friday, but you still have the pumpkin spice facial on sale and you won't get it any lower price wise uh, than you will with this deal. So explain. Yeah, so right now um, through the end of November, we will have our uh, pumpkin spice facial. It runs $49 for KLZ listeners, which is lower than any of my other clients. <laughs> um, and it's a great little quick holiday pick-me-up. So it's about 35 to 40 minutes long instead of the traditional one-hour facial. So you can get in and out a little bit faster. Um, it is uh, full of antioxidants. You'll leave glowing and happy. <laughs> and um, it's a great special that we're running right now. In November, we'll be running 
doing a special on Botox. And then we also have a Black Friday event coming up uh, where you can come by our office at 112th and Huron, get a free holiday coffee in between your shopping excursions, spin our prize wheel for some fantastic prizes. Uh, we've got stocking stuffers on sale. And then you can also fill out a wish list of what you would like for Christmas. And we will send that to anyone of your family or friends who has no idea what to get you. Wonderful. Love that. And then, you know, also, you know, the wish list you can send out and ask for certain things. But if you also want to just buy a gift certificate, uh, give Dr. Jillian a call or go to loveyourskindenver.com. And again, I really appreciate that Dr. Jillian uh, is a physician. And so I feel more comfortable uh, in that environment having a doctor treat me, especially when it comes to things like lasers. And then also, you know, it's all-encompassing. It's your skin, it's weight loss, it's overall general health, it's hair. So I love it that you're worried about our overall health and helping to teach us about that. The phone number, Dr. Jillian? 303-457-6710. That's 303-457-6710. Perfect. Thank you, doctor. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.